Welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Adam Feldman. He's joining us here from Massachusetts General Hospital, Department of Urology, to discuss his presentation from the 2021 AUA meeting entitled Trimodality Therapy for Management of Muscle Invasive Bladder Cancer. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Adam Feldman, and thank you so much for taking the time. Great. Well, uh, pleasure to meet you, and thank you so much for including me uh, in this discussion. Well, now, I did, of course, mention that you're joining us here from Mass General's Department of Urology. I'm going to assume that you're uh, a urologist. Give us a bit of your professional background and talk about your role briefly there at Mass General. Wonderful. Thanks. So um, I'm what you uh, uh, call a urologic oncologist. So uh, I'm a urologist and focus on urologic cancers and management of urologic cancers, including uh, bladder cancer, prostate cancer, kidney cancer, uh, uh, testicular cancer, and penile cancer as well. I have been at Mass General now for over uh, 20 years through training as well. I've also, my roles in the Department of Urology also include Director of Urologic Research for the Department, uh, and then also um, serve as the co-director for our uh, combined Harvard uh, urologic Oncology Fellowship. Now, the American Urological Association has a meeting each year. This year, you presented some information there titled Trimodality Therapy for Management of Muscle Invasive Bladder Cancer. What was that presentation all about? Well, so this was our course that we, uh, we have at the AUA. It's a course that uh, we did uh, with, um, with myself being the urologic oncologist and then also uh, Dr. Jason Estafu, who's a radiation oncologist and really one of the uh, leaders in uh, trimodality therapy, and then also uh, Dr. Rick Lee, who is a medical oncologist, uh, and the three of us work as a team. And so we, uh, not just you know in presenting this course, but in clinically managing patients with muscle invasive bladder cancer. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things that we discuss is our multimodality therapy or multidisciplinary uh, management of these patients. So just like we take care of our patients, uh, we teach the course uh, together in a combined fashion. Uh, so the course really compares, um, one gives the, sort of the outline of uh, the rationale for uh, trimodality therapy for muscle invasive bladder cancer uh, and uh, gives that rationale in comparison to surgery, which is radical cystectomy removal of surgical removal of the bladder. The whole goal of trimodality therapy is to spare the bladder and to uh, treat the cancer in a way that's just as effective as uh, surgery, which has for many years had been the gold or has been the gold standard um, and still does remain um, the gold standard for many patients for muscle invasive bladder cancer, but trimodality therapy offers patients another alternative to that. So what were some of the uh, highlights of some of the uh, takeaways? Well, I guess I would say in terms of, as a, uh, there have been many studies that have looked at trimodality therapy uh, uh, outcomes, and, um, and so our, our presentation was actually a course. Uh, it was an instructional course to really help uh, urologists understand um, you know, who is appropriate for uh, trimodality therapy in muscle invasive bladder cancer, and then uh, meaning you know, who is, which patients are appropriate from their uh, health standpoint and also which patients are appropriate from the, their, uh, with regard to their tumor. There are certain patients that are good candidates and then certain patients that are not good candidates. So 
what we break down as we say from a from a patient standpoint and then from a tumor standpoint and so if someone has a bladder tumor that involves the vast majority of the bladder um, that's not the ideal patient or tumor to be a candidate for sparing of the bladder because too much of the bladder is involved and then there are, are and, and so there are a number of factors that go into those decisions uh, from a patient standpoint if the patient has had prior pelvic radiation uh, doesn't have good bladder function to begin with um, or you know for other reasons uh, can't get the uh, radiosensitizing chemotherapy that's involved um, which is pretty uncommon uh, that that's the case um, then they also may not be a great candidate but by and large you know most patients can tolerate this very well um, and, the, and the whole goal of this course is to educate urologists uh, and other people who are at the AUA um, on you know how to one who to select for this treatment compared to surgery and then how to um, get your patients through it and then follow up patients afterward one of the most important things in terms of the urologist and the role of the urologist is that these patients need uh, long-term follow-up uh, surveillance not from you know in addition to uh, having standard uh, scans uh, usually uh, uh, CT scans uh, to make sure there's no evidence of recurrence or metastasis, we also have to, we're preserving the bladder. So they have to have uh, cystoscopic surveillance or cystoscopy um, long-term to make sure that there's no recurrence within the bladder, which we know is a risk for any patient with bladder cancer who hasn't had the bladder removed. That's a very important role of the urologist. Would you say that one of the main factors is uh, early detection? Uh, it seems that disease progression would be one of the main factors in whether or not a person is a, a candidate. Yeah, well, it, it depends on the, whether a person is a candidate really depends on the nature of the tumor. So okay. early, detection for, early detection for any cancer is advantageous for patients' outcomes. There's no question. The most common way that uh, there's no, there's no absolute, um, or I should say, there's no standard screening test for bladder cancer, uh, you know, uh, in 2021. A urinalysis is not considered a screening test for, uh, for bladder cancer. Uh, it's commonly done, uh, but that's not considered the screening test. The most common way that bladder cancer presents is with visible blood in the urine, or what we call uh, hematur gross hematuria. But you're right. Uh, if we had a good method for early detection, such as a urine-based screening test, uh, which uh, there's a number of people, including myself, doing research on, um, then, then, then that would be, you know, ideal, uh, the ideal situation, excuse me. Uh, and, um, the, uh, early detection is certainly could, catching tumors earlier always, you know, typically leads to, or often leads to a, a, an improved outcome. There's no question. Uh, and then hopefully while they're smaller, then have it, they would have the opportunity to be a candidate for uh, uh, the bladder sparing approach or trimodality therapy. As far as your course, what would you say is the, is the next step? Where do, where do we go from here once we um, identify these often unidentified candidates? Well, I think the, in terms of, I, I guess I would say in, in terms of where do we go from here as an academic community, um, the important things to look at are to do our best assessment of comparing outcomes between uh, trimodality therapy and radical cystectomy. And there are ways that we, there are appropriate ways to compare those outcomes. So 
the one is to compare the oncologic outcomes or the you know effectiveness of cancer of the cancer treatment. So uh, the best, probably the best um, comparison uh, study uh, was uh, out of uh, Toronto, uh, and that was a study done uh, a few years back. Uh, which, uh, although it's not a randomized trial, uh, they were able to match and compare um, their their outcomes between uh, uh, surgery and trimodality therapy. And it seems that the outcomes are really quite similar in terms of cancer control. Um, there are other ongoing studies uh, that, um, that that we're involved with to uh, do to try to answer you know that question as well. Uh, and those results are pending. In terms of a randomized clinical trial, it's difficult to do that and because it's, it can be a difficult task to you know, randomize a patient to say, we're going to, you know, this is for your bladder cancer, uh, just sign up for this trial, and then we're going to randomly uh, assign you to either surgery or the trimodality therapy. And sometimes that's difficult for patients to accept, and it's difficult even for for treating physicians to accept. So although that's the ideal way to study outcomes, sometimes it's difficult to actually achieve uh, that goal uh, for for many reasons. Uh, So far, the data show that from our best ability to assess it, that the cancer outcomes uh, are are really very similar. The other thing that we look at is what's the quality of life. And so quality of life for patients uh, between, and and that's between surgery uh, in terms of removal of the bladder and trimodality therapy. As a summary statement, I would say quality of life between both of them really can be quite good and quite and, and, and excellent in terms of outcomes. So a patient can have an excellent quality of life after surgery, and a patient can have an excellent quality of life after trimodality therapy. But we do see that, as one would expect, you know, certainly you still have bladder function. The quality of life after trimodality therapy in regard to, in regard to urinary function is still quite good and quite uh, well-preserved, uh, largely. Um, the um, Certainly, uh, sexual sexual function quality of life study uh, scores seem to be better with trimodality therapy uh, because of the effects on sexual function with uh, uh, surgery removal of the bladder and prostate. And so, th- those are important outcome studies. Which you know, there have been some data. Probably more uh, good studies are needed. Um, and then, and then the other is question of side effects and toxicities of the two treatments. Um, and I think we need. You know, certainly need more good uh, research uh, in that regard. Well, Dr. Feldman, I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio. In closing, could you give us a, give us a website where we can learn more? So the website that uh, you would want to look at uh, would be www.massgeneral.org uh, and go to the Cancer Center uh, where there's um, uh, specifically the uh, genital urinary oncology cancer center site where there'll be uh, good information about bladder cancer and trimodality therapy. The other uh, website which I think is good to to go to is the uh, Mass General Cancer Center website focusing on uh, bladder cancer and that, that our cancer center website certainly has very good information about trimodality therapy um, and uh, and a lot of the good information that people can um, look to and investigate. The other website for people who want to learn more about bladder cancer, especially for patients who want to learn more about bladder cancer uh, and family members, uh, in addition to the Mass General website, I would also um, advocate for uh, the Bladder Cancer Advocacy Network uh, website, bcan or beacon.org. 
and they have an excellent website with a lot of really um, wonderful patient information um, um, uh, for uh, for patients and family members. Well, I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio, and I'm hoping that we'll have an opportunity to speak again in the future. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate you including me in uh, your show. Uh, and absolutely happy to talk anytime. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Adam Feldman. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.